Uh, it, it is uh, amazing to me. I read that business has paid $5.25 million for 30 seconds for the Super Bowl ads to run things like that. $5.25 million for 30 seconds. Marketing. They think it's worth that much money to grab your attention and to somehow create some interest in their product. Now, what does that have to do with us today? What does that have to do with the church, with our faith? Well, I would ask you that question, first of all. Do we need to market the church? Do we need to market Christianity? Obviously, churches wrestle with that. We see some churches who do. Some who feel that we have to talk up what was positive, stress the benefits, um, create interest so people will come and, and visit church. The interesting thing is, <clears throat> I would say Jesus wasn't into marketing. If we want to look back to him. Um, <clears throat> how many of you have a cross? In other words, oh, well, you don't have to raise your hand. But if you think about how many of us are wearing a cross, or we have cross jewelry, or maybe we carry a cross in our pocket or in our purse, uh, we've made the cross something, in a sense, very attractive. Even the one over my head is a wonderful piece of oak woodwork, polished and sanded and uh, glossy and, and, and gorgeous. I'm not sure that's what Jesus had in mind when he spoke Luke 9. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Uh, if Jesus had a marketing plan, he needs some more training. If he wanted to speak something that would appeal to people and say, hey, you're going to want to come follow me, those are pretty interesting words, aren't they? Now, to be fair to Jesus, he did also say things like John 10.10, 10, I have come so that you might have life more abundantly. He said things like John 1, whoever believes in me can become a son or daughter of God. So, I really shouldn't be too critical of, John, of Jesus. Maybe, in fact, what Jesus did do was offer full disclosure. Transparency. Those are two catchwords today. And that's really what Jesus did. He was very serious with these scriptures where he says, here's what I've come to give you. But he did also say things like Luke 9 that said, now, if you want those things, in fact, in order for you to experience those things, I need to be honest with you. You're going to need to deny yourself, and you're going to need to pick up a cross every day, and that's how you follow me. That's what's included in that. It's not just the good news. There's also a challenge that goes with that. And that's part of what we're wrestling with in this whole series of trying to be a real follower of Jesus and not just a fan who cheers him on. To face that reality of the, the, the benefits and the blessings of what God, Jesus wants to give us in this new life 
And those are real and genuine. But if we want to truly experience those, we have to also face those challenges that he issues along with that. To be that real fan. Last week we talked about how there are times when Jesus is going to ask us to give up some things. That in order to follow him, we're going to have to pay some costs. And not everybody's willing to do that. And that's where some people turn away. And we looked at a very wealthy young man last week who walked away because he just wasn't willing to follow, to let go of what was very important to him. Jesus includes that in Luke 9.23, but he says something more, and that's what I want to look at today. He does say those who want to follow after me have to deny themselves. And that's probably what I would say is that letting go of stuff we talked about last week. But then he uses and. They must deny themselves and pick up their cross. There's something more needed there. Now, what's he mean? When Jesus talks about picking up the cross, over and above denying yourselves, certainly sacrifice is there, letting go of things. In the next verse, he'll say, you have to lose your life to find it. There is that denying peace, but there's more to the cross than just sacrifice. There's also surrender. And I want to try and talk a little bit today about those two things, and especially the surrender piece. Because on the cross, I'm done. I, I give up. The cross, in a sense, is saying, I'm not in control anymore. I'm on a cross. There's nails through my hands. There's nails through my feet. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. It is the ultimate condition of weakness to be on a cross. In some ways, we would say the cross was Jesus' weakest moment. He had given up his life. The Romans had control of him. Now, he allowed that to happen, but that's where he was. His very life was going away. Everything was in God's hands. Whatever happened, whatever came, that next moment, that wasn't up to Jesus anymore. That was up to God. He was totally yielded, totally surrendered. Now, we know what was the result of that. We know what God did when Jesus was willing to be on the cross. His weakness became incredible strength. The cross became for Jesus his most powerful moment. Instead of it being totally defeat, it was his greatest weakness. But that became, that those things happened because Jesus was willing to enter into that moment of ultimate weakness so God could transform it into his greatest moment of strength and victory. The cross is terrifying for us. It's also sort of crazy because it is the ultimate paradox. Turn over to 1 Corinthians with me, if you will. 
And while it's not Paul at his clearest writing, and we have to wrestle with it a little bit, he deals with this very issue. 1 Corinthians, the very first chapter, verses 22 through 25. Paul is sort of talking about their message as they were missionaries and they were traveling around the Mediterranean. He begins, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. Can I say marketing? They want the good news. They want the benefit. They want the big show, the entertainment. But we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Stop there for just a second. I think Paul is dead on there. The message of the cross, if you go out there and get out of the circle of us Christian believers, and you go out there and say, hey, I got a leader for you to follow. Oh yeah, he died on a cross. And guess what? He asked you to come die on a cross. The average guy in the shop beside you, the average person in the next cubicle is going to say, you know, thanks, but I, 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 let me look somebody else. It is a crazy message. But Paul realized it is the critical message that we need to proclaim that Christ was crucified and that he calls us to be crucified. But we as believers know why, and Paul talks about it. To those whom God has called, us with faith, us who get it, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Can I say Christ on the cross? The power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. We understand that Christ on the cross isn't a sign of defeat. It is a sign of the greatest victory. It is not Jesus at his weakest. It is ultimately Jesus at his strongest. Because of what God was willing and able and did when Christ was willing to sacrifice himself and give his life to God. And we understand what God did. But the challenge for us is that he asks us to do the same. He asks us to take that same radical step. And it's scary. I use that phrase to say, step off the platform from this experience. Some of you as parents may have heard of the Wolf Ridge Environmental Learning Center. It's up outside of Finland, Minnesota. I assume it's still there. I think it is. When all of our three kids were in grade school, our particular grade school went there. And I went three times as a dad. And one of the things they have is this ropes course where you are a thousand feet in the air, at least. It could be 5,000 feet in the air. And they take you up there and then they say, okay, step off that. Well, you, you got a safety harness on. It's okay. No big deal. And of course, you're the dad, so you want to be real tough and go, oh, yeah. And then you're on the edge of that platform 
and you're supposed to step off. And it's scary. But I want to tell you, once you're out there, it's like, and you get over the fear, you know, after the first 20 seconds and you haven't died, and you actually start to look beyond the fear, it's like, wow, this is pretty cool. And the greatest is the zip line after you've done it. And you've got to let go and go off that platform. And again, after the first seconds of not dying, it's like, woo, I am flying. But you've got to step off the platform. Or you'll never experience it. And Christ comes along to us, and he says, you've got to pick up the cross. You've got to pick up the cross. You have to be willing to go into your weakness, face your weakness, and not fix your weakness. You have to be willing to say, God, I can't do this. I am weak here. I'll follow you. Whatever you want me to do, I'll, I'll go into this. In my weakness, I'll take up my cross and die. And like Christ, God says, now, now I can do something in your life because you've trusted me. You've gone into that weakness and you've risked all for me. You've got out of the stands. You've let go of what's important. You are trusting me with your life. And now I can really work in your life. But to do that, Jesus knew he would have to call us to follow his example and pick up our cross. Be willing to go into weakness. And you know what a fan does? We've all done it. A fan says, I'm strong, and I want to work in my strength, and I want to keep control, but I'm not quite strong enough. So God, will you add to my strength with a little bit of your strength so I can do what I want to do? And Jesus says, it doesn't work that way. You have to face your weakness and own it and let go of your control and your strength and you have to rest in God. And you have to depend on Him to turn this into a victory. And He will. Look what He did for me on the cross. And He'll do it for you. But you have to be willing to take that risk. Step off the platform. And really fly. In the sermon notes, there's a different verse. And on Friday, the verse of the day in you version was this verse. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And I want to add that to the notes. In fact, I replaced the Philippians passage with it because this is, this is it. And I was reading it Friday and I thought, this is the whole sermon. This is what Paul had learned. God's word to him is, my grace is enough for you. My grace, not your strength, your power, your wisdom. My grace, Paul sa God says, it's, it's enough. Because, for, because my power is made complete in weakness. And I'd never seen that till Friday morning. 
without weakness, God's power is incomplete. Now think about that. We don't say much with God is incomplete. He can do anything. But God's power needs one thing. He needs somebody willing to be weak. Somebody willing to lay their life in God's hands and say, you're in charge, God, you do it. That's what Jesus did on the cross. And when Jesus furnished the weakness on the cross, God's power did the rest. And Paul had learned that that same lesson applies to us. We have to be willing to set aside our power and our control and our reliance and take up our cross. And when we're willing to become weak, God says, that's all I needed. Stand back and look what I do. My power is made complete when somebody furnishes weakness. And notice what Paul goes on to say. Now I am eager. I will gladly boast about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Paul had learned, he said, I want to put myself in that position of weakness because I want to see more of God's power. He understood it is in weakness, it is on the cross that we see God's power the most. And that is a scary lesson for all of us. We want to be in control. We want to work in our strength and just add, have God add a little bit. But you see, then we're still in control and we're relying on self with a little help from God. And Paul had learned, because Paul had lived that way. He would be the first one to say, been there, done that. And he would be the first one to say, how's that working for you? And Paul would say, I've learned that it's in my weakest that I am the strongest. It is when I let go and I depend on God. It's when I take up my cross that God is able to finally work in the greatest ways. It's a challenge for us. We're about control and power and our plans and what we want to do. But Paul would tell us, you'll never experience what you hope to experience unless you let go and let God take control. And he would also say, if you'll do that, what God will do is so much beyond anything you could think or imagine or dream of. Because he is so great. I think it would be safe to say all the disciples around the cross when Jesus died would have said even in their greatest dreams it would have never turned out as great as it did. And that's the lesson for us. And I know, remember that zip line. Trusting God and risking all is scary. It is. It's scary for all of us. But when you trust God, He will never fail you. And whatever you're giving up, whatever you're surrendering, believe me, He can handle it. He handled Christ's death. 
And on Easter morning, it was the greatest victory. I just am delighted to picture Satan, who on Friday said, finally, I won. And Easter morning, he realized he lost everything on the cross. And in what he thought was the best, was the worst. Because God was greater. And that same God wants to work in our lives. But we have to climb on the cross and yield to him. Die for him. Let's pray. Father, thank you, first of all. Thank you for Jesus. That he was willing to die. But beyond that, that from the cross, you transformed that defeat into his greatest victory. His weakness into his most powerful moment. Help us learn that lesson. Because he's asked us to get on the cross too. And it's not a beautiful piece of jewelry. It is a place where you have to die. And become weak and give you control. But he's promised that if we'll do that, you'll give us victory too. So help us. Give us courage. Help us step off the platform and trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.